Valentine's Day, ladies and gentlemen. Happy Valentine's Day, <laughs> ladies, gentlemen, and faggots. Um, welcome back to Mind the Game. I'm Reese. And I'm G. And today we're talking about the holiday for the pod, Valentine's Day. We're talking about love, we're lustuous, ta- voluptuous love. Lustuous? Lustuous. Lustuous Give love. me a sip of this. <laughs> Give me a sip of that. Guys, do you think it has alcohol in it or not? Yeah, guess. Um, is Jeep drinking on the job? She's not, but it is naughty because it's a Coca-Cola and she strictly drinks Coca-Cola Zero. Mm-hmm. Strictly. I don't drink soda, but I do drink Coca-Cola Zero. So you drink soda. <laughs> I don't do Gatorade, but I do do Coke. <laughs> Period. Um, let's hop on into the gape down. I just want to say, like... I've probably had one of the best sex weeks of my life, which is notable not only for the fact that it's been amazing, but that it's happened in January. I always find that, like, sorry, it's February. It's legit February, at least for this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, team, we're recording this one a little in advance because I'm going out of town and, uh... It's January right now, but it's also February. It's February. It's February. It's February. It's Valentine's Day. Day. (laughs) No, but I just, like... I don't know. There's something about like, first of all, there's something about being taken. People want to fuck you when you have a boyfriend. I don't know what it is. I, <laughs> Hold on. Pause. T pause. When you said there's something about being taken, I was like, there's <laughs> something about. There's I was like, taken Liam Neeson. There's something about being trafficked. <laughs> I mean, there is. There's not. There's something about it that we got to figure out, but go on. No, having a boyfriend like, because it's also like I don't think it's like necessarily obvious on Grinder where I've met the majority of these men that I have a boyfriend. Yeah, like I think it says something ambiguous, like I'm dating. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just like an aura you put out, you know. It says that like I am not looking for anything more. I am just a toy to be fucked. Mm-hmm. Like that's what it says. Mm-hmm. It says that like. It says that there's no underlying pressure of like, mm, like, is he going to like me? Like, is he going to see me again? Like, no, it's like, I truly don't care. I just want to use you for sex. No, and gay men are so sick that it's like, they always just, they want what they can't have. You know? They want what they can't have and they always assume you're in love with them. Right. And so when it's like, when you have taken away the chance that, or the probability that, like, you're just going to fall in love with them upon meeting them, suddenly they're just ravenous for you. And that's what's so fat. Wow, I'm getting a, dare I say, we're going to talk about this later, but I'm getting a fucking brain blast right now. Brain blast. Brain blast. I'm getting a brain blast right now. Is that an orgasm? literally about to orgasm. Like, that's something, that's a huge thing that's made dating straight men so different, is that a lot of the time, like, when I tell... When I used to tell gay men I was in an open relationship, they were like, yeehaw, let's go. When I tell straight men that I'm in an open relationship, they get anxious and mm-hmm. nervous mm-hmm. because there's that whole concept that I've been seeing a lot floating around on like dating TikTok. And there's like a lot of articles written about this, about how like women gatekeep sex and men gatekeep romance. Period. And so what are the NBs gatekeep? 
What'd you say? What are the NBs? The non NBs. I thought you said what do bees gatekeep? What are bees? The queen. <laughs> the queen. <laughs> they keep the queen. They keep the honey. Um. Yeah. What do NBs gatekeep? Literally everything else. If you're NB, DM us. Tell us what you have under your sleeve. No, they gatekeep everything else. Everything else. But so, <laughs> I think that's fascinating in the sense that. Men want to withhold and like use romance to manipulate me, but I'm not interested. So they're like, what? They're like so confused. Don't know what to do about it. And disappointed. Love. Love disappointing men. I love that you're just emotionally castrating all these men. At all times. And like now I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) and like, I don't, I don't want to like, steal the spotlight too much because I want to, I do want to talk about this in a minute, but like, I feel like I've been in a weird place in my relationship and I've been like, thank God we're open because it's been giving me the ability to like experiment and figure things out. But we'll hash it out in a second. Yeah, I, want you to I think your relationship will be like a better segue into like what else we want to talk about. Um, <laughs> Shut the fuck up, bitch. That's <laughs> what you just said. We have another story about when Jeep took what a conversation that we were having and made it about her. Um, we'll get to that <laughs> later, too. But I do, like, no, honestly, it's just like I am eager to go on record and say, I fucked a Danish man who's six foot five and absolutely ripped, mm. obviously super hot. And he made my hole so hungry that, like, he was like, first of all, he made me come twice. Love. I didn't touch myself either time. And the second time, it was because he was fingering me, but my hole was so fucking hungry that he was basically like half a degree away from fisting me. And I didn't even realize. Hot. So hot. And I also had. What is the new best threesome I've ever had? It was this really hot, ripped Puerto Rican couple. They're like in their late 30s. Um, except it was a little weird and Freudian because afterward I learned that w- via their Instagrams that one of them is a plastic surgeon, which my dad is a plastic surgeon. Oh. <laughs> um, whoa. Wow. All that um, cum coming back up. But like it was legit. Something about fucking... I just love being the center of attention. I love being the center of attention. Every hole filled these two men who like, also, you know what it was? It was super validating because as I'm sure everybody's more than aware at this point, like I've been working really hard on making my body like what I want it to be. And like, I'm really at this place, which is I think another reason why I'm having a lot of sex. Not because like I have a certain kind of body, but because I've reached a point where I'm really happy with my body and confident in it and feel really good. And like, they were jacked. Like they were so ripped. And like, after they pounded the fuck out of me, they were like, you have an amazing body. And I was just like, thank you. Thank you. Like, cause I would look at you and I would be like, I like, so like genuinely like admire like your sculpted physique. And like, there are, have been points in my life when I've been so envious and would have like wished that I look like you and to like hear from some, like two people like that, two people who are like happily in love, super fucking hot. Like just bought like their third home, like living the fag dream. Love. Right. Telling me I have a great body was just like the biggest confidence boost. I'm honestly going to take it to the grave. Um, Mm. But yeah, that's my gape down. I've had amazing sex and uh, so excited to see my partner tomorrow. So um, (laughs) I am having the opposite of that experience. Period. (laughs) I am. Nothing Nothing says Valentine's Day, like a bad sex streak. God, like I am. Not, I, I'm not actively having sex with anybody right now. 
for better or worse, like I'm not on Grinder right now. There's no reason you to be on Grinder. I'm that. just I'm so grossed out by Grinder right now. It's just like super fair. So many. I've, so I'm just fair. Really, really tired of chasers right now. I'm in the, I'm in this period where I'm like it's cold. I don't want to shave my legs. I barely want to shave my pussy. Like I just cannot deal with chasers and the ex- expectations that people set for trans mm-hmm. women. I just mm-hmm. really can't deal with that right now. I'm I'm exhausted. Fair. And like. I am, I will say, I am feverishly checking my Bumble, my Tinder, like checking those at all times. Trying to get on Locks Club. Oh my God. And one of my friends, she is like, she's pretty high up in Locks Club and does all this crazy stuff. So I'm going to try and ask her to like have maybe the queer representation. I almost Jewish yawn. Sorry, genteel yawn. Genteel yawn. (laughs) But I. I'm in a re- the past two weeks, I've been in like a pretty weird place with my relationship because we have, I wouldn't necessarily say we've been arguing because I feel like arguing, it insinuates a lot of like yelling and like anger, fervor in discourse, but that's not necessarily what the arguing has been, has what it's felt like mm-hmm. because I don't mean to toot my own horn, but I'm a really good partner and I'm a really good communicator. So it's like, true. I don't need to argue. And like, if I have a disagreement, I have a disagreement. I'm not going to try and like change for right or wrong. I'm going to try and solve the problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And every time we've come into a tiff, it's always been like him apologizing profusely at the end of the episode, you know? Right. And I'm just feeling like maybe our incompatibilities aren't as quirky and cute as I thought they were. That's tough. And it's tough. And Side it's, note on arguing, which may or may not make you feel better. Yeah. But worth, for everyone, worthy of, a, a worthy moment of introspection. I have been feeling anxious about the fact that I've been arguing quite a bit with my own partner so naturally I was talking about it in therapy and my therapist said that I provoke arguments because I see arguing as a sign of care. That's awful. It is awful, but that you know what? Awful. It's also probably true. I, I had like a very argumentative um, childhood, mm. uh, like with like, yes, with my parents, but like also just like with friends, with previous lovers, like arguing has always just been like, and like, it's gotten a lot better with age, but like, especially when I was younger, like it was just sort of like my MO, like I'm, I, and I, you know me, like yeah. I'm a very argumentative person. And so I think for like some reason there's this like link between the two. And I think more people have drawn that unhealthy connection than they realize. So, and like, I will also say that anger is an emotion that should be felt and should be experienced. It's just, it's a human emotion that sh- that is exciting and like I love being angry like I think angry is a really like passionate and powerful thing am I angry that often never I very rarely find myself becoming absolutely angry because that's something that I really pushed down and like really pushed away from my psyche because I experienced a lot of anger in my household what are we talking about what are we talking about this ain't therapy this ain't therapy but back at the ranch like I've just been pulling away on like sex and all that stuff. And I've been thinking a lot about my body interacting in these spaces. And that's kind of what I want. We want to lead up to um, 
who are we? <laughs> Poor segue. But who are you when you top? Who are you when we top? And like, so I bring this up because like, <clears throat> I have like a few consistent, I have like three new fuck buddies in the rotation. Period. And they're great. One of them, one and a half of them are like mm-hmm. low key chasers. Mm-hmm. But one of them is really chill and all of them have topped me, but I've also either they have expressed interest or I have topped them. And I'm in this weird, I'm in this weird stasis where like, who am I when I'm topping as a woman? (laughs) Because when I was topping as a gay man, it was so easy. It was like, okay, like the other person just wanted me to be like masculine and like a dom top daddy kind of vibe, which as if you know me, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's just not the tea she just ain't me it just ain't me i mean not to like oversimplify the problem because obviously gender gets entangled with this question but i think the best way to arrive at that answer is just like who am i when i talk literally you know i completely I mean? agree with that it's like who are you like who ooh, pardon me i'm burping a little bit too um who are you, like, who do you want to be? Mm-hmm. Who are you? Like, not, you shouldn't be putting on airs of performance of the other partner. You should be expressing yourself and the authenticity and feel comfortable to express your authentic self right. while you're in, having and it's sex. Not, and it's not to say that you shouldn't, like, meet your partner and, like, you know, express, like, some degree of flexibility. But, like, it has to be, like, in concert with, like, what you're comfortable and what you like. Like, the sort of bottom of the barrel, like, lowest common denominator, denominator example of this is, unfortunately, moi. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, when I top, I like to be dominant. I like to be in control. And, like, is that immutable? No. Like, obviously, like, that shifts, like, with the person and the context and whatever. Yes. But, like, by and large, that's what I go for when I'm topping. It's what I like. And, like... You know, when I make that clear from the onset, like, it's great not only because it just, like, filters out people who I'm, like, probably going to be incompatible with when I'm having sex with them, but because then I can, like, go into a sexual interaction knowing that I'm just going to get to, like, be who I want to be rather than perform something. And, like, Mm -hmm. that thing, that's not, like, a permanent thing, right? Like, I can, I'm, like, my relationship to topping can change, and it probably will, right? Like, I'm young, I hope. But, like, you know, I, as, as long as the question is, like, if you're mommy when you top, you're mommy. And that's my question. It's, like, what does Dom mommy look like? What Honey, does she sound like? Did you make your bed this morning? Did you make your bed? Did you wet your pants? Um, where's your diaper, baby? <laughs> <laughs> Did you wet your pants? Because mommy's going to wet this pussy. Oh, my God. Get me uh, out of here. Okay. Um, and on that note. What well, no, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Oh. I'm, I'm not done. I'm not done interrogating this. this I'm like not done with this question. 15 minutes on who am I when I'm topping. <laughs> because, because, like, I'll be topping a guy and I'll be like, what does a dominant woman, like, look like? Is she more masculine? Is she more in control? Like, what does that look like? Sissy and what does that look like for me? A, sissy porn is a great arbiter, I think, of like. Interesting, because like I think of, right? I think of like femme tops, and I should yeah. I be like should I be like, yeah, sis, that pussy is tight. Like, what do I <laughs> say? 
Well, also, like, do you call it a pussy or are you like, oh, I'm calling it a pussy. I'm fucking these men. I'm like, I'm fucking your pussy. I'm mommy and I'm fucking your manhole. (laughs) Your manhole. Manhole. Your sewer. Your garbage disposal. (laughs) Just shredding my dick to pieces. All right. Fuck it. On that note. Happy Valentine's Day. What is love, G? What is love? That K pop song by Twice. Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. Don't sue us, is what we should be saying. Seriously, we're so sorry. Um, (laughs) So sorry. In a moment of sincerity, I think this is a great time to drop a bell hooks hooks quote love is a combination of care commitment knowledge responsibility respect and trust frankly i don't think that actually answers the question (laughs) rather it just provides you a bunch of other things that like i think also need defining you've been in love i am in love you are in love are you not i am not sure anymore yikes Happy Valentine's Day, ladies and gentlemen. My partner does not listen to this podcast. And if you know her partner, don't tell him. And he doesn't know anybody, so it's fine. It's fine. Um, Yeah, I've been in love. I feel like I am in love. I think, like, I don't know. I think people always say love is sacrifice, and that's a little melodramatic. But at the same time, I agree. I guess the caveat is it's not sacrifice because it's like you're – you feel it brings you joy to give up something, a part of yourself, your time, material things, whatever, for that person, right? Yeah, to share and to prioritize right. another being's emotional and spiritual well-being. Right, and like, to, yeah, and to like celebrate their journey, right? Yeah. We talked about this, right? And you made, Jeet made an amazing point when she witnessed I, sorry, the nurse and I, fuck. Fuck. <laughs> always hate when we'll have to do some back editing it's anyway fine. the nurse and I were having a little bicker about like some newfangled aspect of our open relationship and Jeep just said you guys shouldn't have an open relationship unless you're gonna celebrate it yeah and I period. think that's a really a great analogy as well for love where it's like it's a celebration it should be a celebration it should feel effortless I totally disagree with that, actually. I think love takes a lot of effort. I think love is a choice you make every single day. Like, sometimes you're with somebody and, like, don't get me wrong, like, it can be bad or, like, and, you know, you can reach a point where you're, like, you're in love with somebody, but it's, like, it's not working or, like... Or it's bad for you. Or it's bad for you, right. But it's still, like, some days are gonna be easier than others, right? Like, you're committed to a person. Like, that person is gonna have ups and downs. Like, they're not gonna be their best self all the time. Like... And you, I think it's helpful to conceive of love as something that's actually very conscious and deliberate. Like every day you wake up and you say like, I'm going to love this person today. And interesting. I disagree with that. I feel the love that I have experienced has been so intense and visceral and like I haven't batted an eye towards it. Like I don't wake up and like, I don't feel like I wake up to choose to love someone. I feel like I wake up and it's, I'm just, maybe it's love, maybe it's infatuation, who's to say, but I feel like spellbound, intoxicated by this concept of facilitating the growth between our lives and and taking care 
that does sound like infatuation to me. I guess what I'm, I'm drawing a distinction between like the experience and the act of love. I see that. Right. Like I'm not waking up every day. Like, Oh, am I in love with the nurse? Like, no, I'm in love with him. But like, Every day, just double checking. Just double checking. Just like a little, little, like I do my wordle and then I'm like, am I in love with my boyfriend? <laughs> wordle first though. Word of, wordle of the day, lover. Um, but no, I think it's like, you know, like for example, we had a small little tiff yesterday and like I woke up today and I'd received a very amazing apology, a clear intention to work mm-hmm. on the problem. And I was still upset and hurt, but I decided in that moment, I said, you know what? I've gotten everything that this person can give me regarding this problem. Mm-hmm. I'm going to decide to love them and enjoy their company today and speak to them and be happy with them and not be bitter, right? Like, I get that. And I think like that's kind of what I mean when I say love is a choice is it's like you have to like keep it, you have to contextualize your other emotions within the context of the fact that you love somebody. Is this emotion worth expressing? Is this emotion worth acting on considering the fact that I love this person? And that's why I feel in my situation that I have a lot to discuss with my partner because there's been a lot going on in his life and it's starting to really affect mine. And I feel like I want to give him the chance because I'm not looking to change people. You should never look to change no. someone. But I'm I want to look for the ability. I want to look and be like, are you willing to put more effort into this? Mm-hmm. Are you willing to put more effort into me and start prioritizing me more? Because I'm bending over backwards to prioritize him. Right. Prioritizing someone does not mean giving up on yourself, right? Exactly. Like, at the end of the day, I choose me, bitch. And like also, at the end of the day, a good friend of mine like brought this to my attention yesterday. She recently is going; she is currently going through a breakup, and it's going so fucking well. Like her, her therapist, everyone is shocked that it's going so well. Unimaginable. And she was reminded me that remember, you are your whole world. At the end of the day, period. You are what's most important. In terms of something that isn't love. Jeep demonstrated an unbelievable fate of selfishness the other day. <laughs> when, so for those who don't know, my partner and I very like broke up for about three days. Mm-hmm. Um, it was his move. It was in, this was, I guess, a, almost a while ago at this point. It's been a few weeks at this point that this happened, but it was in, it was in the height of like a manic episode that he was experiencing basically. Um, And I was absolutely devastated, like truly despondent. And like right after it happened, I went to Jeeps and I was crying and upset and like talking about how it felt so unexpected. I felt like it was a mistake, yada, yada, yada. And she just goes, you know, if this happened to me (laughs) and my partner and proceeds for approximately 25 minutes to talk about the hypothetical of her breaking up with her partner (laughs) and she's crying now. And I am in such a state of shock that she has managed to warp the conversation such that it reflects back onto her that my mouth was agape and well, hold on. Can I also (laughs) just, can I chime in and say right before your draw dropped to the floor, I stopped myself and I said, oh, oh my she's going to paint it as though she had an epiphany. <laughs> oh, okay. No, 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 no. Jeep saw the utter shock on my face and went, 
oh my God, <laughs> I made this about me. And like, it was honestly so unbelievably impressive that like, I wasn't even mad. I was just like truly impressed. Like I was like, honestly, bravo. And can I also just say my analysis of that situation is that I, to show that I'm listening to people, I make things about me to show that I can relate to their situation because my moon is in Pisces and I'm an empath. Shut <laughs> up. Oh my God. Also to add insult to injury, the morning after, cause naturally like I was in agony. So I slept over at Jeep, slept on her couch. Thank you for that. But the next morning I was talking about it again and crying. And in the middle of crying, I hear a soft click and see that Jeep is 18 inches away from my face taking my photo (laughs) (laughs) which is when I realized truly everything we do is for content everything is for content turn your breakup into content that's our valentine's day advice turn your breakup into content um we should probably actually get to the meat and potatoes of this best and worst valentine's dates first in general and then we'll talk about our own okay so bests rose petals all over the house I don't, like, have your partner clean it up. You don't have to clean it up. Period. I think it's gag. Feel the fantasy. Fantasy first. It's so cliche, but it's cliche for a reason. And also, it's like, for me, it's like, I want Valentine's Day to be about you and me. Yes. I don't want, I'm, like, not really interested in going anywhere. Like, honestly, worst Valentine's date, literally anything that takes place in public. Mm -hmm. Like, literally, I want it to be you and me, like, celebrating our relationship by a probably fucking but b just like really like yeah like carving out this like hermetically sealed little romantic world for the two of us to enjoy temporarily nobody else is there no distractions put your phone on airplane mode right just like b i think like what why valentine's day fails so many people is they think all the bells and whistles have to be like an expensive dinner or like going to a movie or like having some night out on the town. And it's like, absolutely not like Mm -hmm. just make this about you and me existing in the world together. And take this as a great time to bask in that romance, bask in that infatuation, celebrate it, celebrate it, celebrate, celebrate the union that you are creating with your partner or your prospective partner. You're not celebrating your love. You're celebrating a great meal. You're celebrating the fact that you might have money to blow on this dinner, but you're not celebrating each other. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. Unless you're like two foodies and like foodies who date weird. If you're a foodie, don't date a foodie. Don't date a foodie. Get some culture. Is food not culture? I don't know what I was, I don't know what that meant. Where are we going with that? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, back at the ranch. Um, Cheesecake Factory. You got to tell me more. Okay, so now we're talking about us. And of course, <laughs> I'm going to talk about me. Not that we haven't been talking about ourselves the entire time, like every single other episode. But like this is now about us again. Okay, but so basically I have, I've only had two Valentine's Days with two more than me partners the first one with my ex dan shout out to scooter um my little nickname for him period he i laid out everything black and white for him i was like 
you're going to take me to this sushi restaurant. You're going to buy me these flowers and we're going to do this. End of story. So pretty much breaking every rule we just set out for Valentine's Day. Literally because because I wanted the like super cliche Valentine's experience I never got to have. And it was my first time spending Valentine's Day with a partner. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he, I don't want to say he's dense, but like I have to be like, okay, I'm going to communicate exactly what I want so that I am not disappointed. And so that there's no guesswork. I'm just giving it to you straight up. Mm-hmm. He shit the bed it is 5 p.m on valentine's day and i'm like what's going on he goes oh i thought you didn't want to do valentine's day because you were busy and i was like in what fucking world did how did you think that because i literally told you what i wanted to do literally told you so he didn't get me flowers he picks me up i'm like where we actually ironically drive past the sushi place and i'm like where are we going he's like oh i didn't get a reservation in time so i'm taking you to like one of my favorite restaurants and like I'm in Pittsburgh, I'm like, oh, he's from Pittsburgh, so I'm like, I'm gonna experience your culture. Okay, great. <laughs> Pittsburgh culture. So he takes me to Cheesecake Factory, ah! <laughs> which I've never been to, I never wanted to go in particular. Well, yeah. And I was furious, like so upset. We went to Cheesecake Factory, had a horribly mediocre large portion The menu meal. alone, like, gives me a panic attack. Gives me a panic it's attack. It's a novel. It is literally the size of a book. And, like, it was relatively dead. There was, like, a few weird couples and then, like, these two girls sitting next to us that were on, like, a Valentine's Day thing. And I was like, this is awful. I hate this. And we got into a weird argument about it and I was just so disappointed. And then my current partner last year, I told him the story. I was like, this is your moment. To, this is your moment. This is your moment to show, to like shit on all my exes and like prove that you're the best partner I've ever had. Shit it on him. And then he shit it on me. Oh. oh. Then my current partner. Scat play for s- Valentine's Day. Scat play for Valentine's Day. Shit on me. And not literally. He basically <laughs> like. Once again, it was like the end of the day. And I'm literally crying at this point. I am overwhelmed with fury that like nothing has happened he hasn't even asked me to be his valentine hasn't wished me a valentine's day hasn't done anything and then he had the audacity to be like oh like i wanted to like surprise you with flowers like after dinner i was like then where are they oh no where are the flowers he I had to, like, twist his arm to buy me flowers. He literally went into a grocery store while I was with him. I waited outside. And then he came back outside and was like, happy Valentine's Day. And I was like, okay. That's and some then, heterosexual behavior. And then I, like, we went to, like, a random, like, cute date spot. Katana Kitten in the West Village. Really great spot. Great cocktails. Totally go. Um, but like I was the one that was like, okay, like we're here. Like you didn't get a reservation. So I guess we'll go here and have Valentine's day. And like reluctantly, I tried to pick up the pieces and try to pretend like I wasn't so pissed off at him for not doing anything. And now I'm sitting in this similar boat where I'm just like, okay, what are we doing this year? Like, are we talking about it? Like, are you planning something? Are we doing something? Like, let's see some effort. Let's see some drive. Yeah. That being said, like, if it's not your thing and you and your partner have clearly communicated as much, like, that's great. Like, it's a hard day to celebrate because everybody's celebrating. 
Um, I'll have to report back next week because my I've never had a Valentine. I've always Valentine's Day has similarly been cursed for me insofar as like I've either been single or been broken up with immediately prior. Like most devastatingly, my first boyfriend actually broke up with me mere hours before I was supposed to get on a bus to go see him for Valentine's Day. Um, but this year the nurse is taking me to Cabo. That's so hot. It's so hot. And I think we're going to go swimming with whale sharks, which is honestly terrifying. But like, okay, how do we feel about that for Valentine's Day? Like thrill seeking. You know, Tyra Banks once said that you shouldn't go on like movie or dinner dates. You should go on dates that get the blood pumping because it makes you feel like you love them more. I so get that. I honestly totally, totally agree with that statement we totally agree with tyra banks we this is the one and only time maybe (laughs) um but yeah i'll report back next week um should we talk about gifts yes gifts okay valentine's day gifts huge honestly one rule and one rule only get me jewelry jewelry baby get me an investment get me an investment crypto crypto buy me crypto buy me nothing says love like an nft (laughs) nothing says love like like the what is it me an ape the bored ape yacht give me a bored ape for valentine's day that's what i want no seriously i want jewelry i don't know what it is about jewelry that i find intensely erotic um but it really is like this necklace i'm wearing not that any of y'all can see but jeep can when and I fuck <laughs> when the nurse and I fuck um <laughs> I hate you so much because it's me that has to go in and beep it out it is it, it is her who has to do it it is she who has to do it sorry it is her it is her <laughs> her 2017 no but this necklace whenever we're fucking once we're like hooking up and it's clear like who's gonna bottom who's gonna top the like if they're already wearing it whatever but if the person who's gonna top is wearing it they take it off and put it on the bottom i hate you it's i hate you really faggots. hot it's honestly so hot it is kind of hot but i hate it oh my oh, god fuck you that was it's hot no it's just it's just hot because it's like intimate i don't know i'm just bitter that i'm not having good sex with my partner period um and we're gonna Work on that. And we are going to work on that. Or we're going to dump him. But I will say, I will say, when I top, the sex is way better. That's so funny because he's 6'5". He's 6'5". Wait, do I read this orgasm quote? Absolutely. So let's let's move on to orgasms. Yeah, nothing says Valentine's Day like coming. And so, oh, shameless plug. For February, I have started, started a book club, Reese's Not So Sexy Book Club. I will actually put a link in the description should anyone be listening and want to sign up. It is mm-hmm. in person and in New York. Anybody is welcome. But this is an excerpt from an erotic novella written in the 1980s that's on the reading list. And it's about coming. An orgasm in a complicated mind is always more interesting than one in a simple mind. Maybe that's not true. Maybe sometimes a simple mind is made subtler and finer as it comes, since that's the most mental activity that's gone on in there for a while. But I mean, an orgasm in an intelligent woman is like a volcano in a mountain with a city built on the slope. 
You feel the alternative opportunity cost of her orgasm. You feel the force of all the other perceptive things she could be thinking at that moment and is not thinking because she is coming. On God. On God, smarter people have harder orgasms. Smarter people have harder orgasms. Which is brain blast. Does Jimmy Is Jimmy Neutron coming when he has a brain blast? That's what we're talking about. Is Jimmy Neutron coming when he has a brain blast? And if he is, is it the hardest orgasm ever? Is it the best? Honestly, probably. Except he's 12, so that's weird. Is it? I had a thought. I don't remember. I like completely escaped my mind, but I simple mind orgasm. Simple. I just had a simple minded orgasm just now. (laughs) Embarrassing. What a plug for education, right? What a plug for education. You come harder when you're smart. It's true. It's, it's absolutely true. It's just true. That was an excerpt from Vox by Nicholson Baker. Absolutely wonderful, easy, uh, joyous, and horny read horny <coughs> just like us um if you happen to read it i believe february 27th is the book club date that we'll be discussing it so feel free to swing by moving on moving on secret admirers is that stalking okay so i was once secret admirer granted i was six um her name was macy important only because she spelled it m-a-y-c-e-e which is horrible. Violent. Violent. <laughs> Violent. But, you know, in hindsight, I don't know. This might just be like a post-Me Too era thing. Like maybe it's worth, you know, taking a more, like having a more balanced take on it. But it is kind of creepy. It is kind of creepy. I completely agree. As someone who was also a secret admirer, it's creepy. Especially because it's also like, I am literally never going to be attracted to you if you can't publicly own your affection for me. Yes. Oh, my God. Welcome to the plight of trans women everywhere. Period. You know what? That's what it is. Regardless of whether or not it's creepy, secret admirers are anti-queer. Secret admirers are anti-queer because they're hiding. They feel shame for being attracted to you. They're just DL. You're not a secret admirer. You're DL. You're DL. (laughs) (laughs) My first secret admiring experience in the sixth grade Fifth grade, I had a crush on Bridget, period. Also a horrible name. I wrote her a love letter and put it in her desk. And I tried so hard to not write in my usual handwriting because I have such distinct handwriting. And Tell me about the handwriting. I like really tried to make the letters bigger and more bubbly. No, but like what made your handwriting distinct? Oh, you can't read it. Oh. I have really awful handwriting. Sick, same. But I didn't know that that same night she was having a girls-only slumber party, which, of course, I wasn't invited to because I was a little baby boy back then. (laughs) Boy. And all the girls spent the entire evening deciphering that letter, trying to figure out who sent it. Wow. In my entire class. And my friend Caitlin knew it was me. Did she know because you told her? and She She saw me do it. Oh, that's tough. And then I put, I tried giving Bridget in the sixth grade. I still had this, it wasn't a crush. It was like I was infatuated with her because I wanted to be her. And I'm knowing that now. Well, yeah, but at the time the language was crush. But I tried giving her, I like hid a stuffed animal with like chocolate like in her locker. 
Oh, and that's cute. We all thought like Michael gave it. Some guy named Michael gave it to her, and I was Although, like, "Although we do agree, stuffed animals literally the worst gift. You worst could ever gift. Give Don't for do Valentine's that. Day. Do not do that. It's honestly, it's like literally insulting. Absolutely, and infantilizing. And infantilizing. I'm not gonna keep a stuffed animal, and not with my decor. Okay, fun, but maybe dark gift. Lighting a stuffed animal on fire in front of me. I'm all for theatrics, so I'm, I'm in. Yeah, no, it could be like a moment. It you do it in the middle of a restaurant. Fire is fire. a good gift. Arson. <laughs> give give me arson. Give for me Valentine's the gift Day. of heat of life. <laughs> <laughs> um, wrapping up, handing out Valentine's days, Valentine's in school. Cute. Cute. Always gave me anxiety being the little faggot that I was because lots of anxiety. Giving the Valentines to the boys, even though like the boys gave each other like Valentines, like when I did it, it was gay. <laughs> I actually like there were a lot of times I was called a faggot as a kid. Strangely enough, never around Valentine's Day. Never had anything to do with that. I will say though that I think the whole experience was cheapened by the fact that you cheapened always- or jeepened. Both. Both. Um, <laughs> by the fact that you had to give it to everyone. And, like, I understand the alternative is, like, wildly toxic with children. But, like, I don't know. I would like to imagine that in some world giving people Valentines could is, like, an expression of, like, authentic care and love. And it's like, I'm sorry, I don't love all of you. Wait, did you ever have, like, in middle school and or high school – the thing where you could like buy a carnation a or a yes. rose yes. and we that was individualized. I never got one. I never got one either. Nope. You know what? I did buy one. I guess it's like, no, did I have a Valentine? I definitely bought one in middle school for Samantha Ganji. I remember. Might have to beat that out too. No. Oh, good. They're fine. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Samantha Ganji, if you're listening, you're on blast. Do you remember that rose, baby? Do you remember that rose? You love that rose, baby you girl. You loved that rose, baby girl. I'm gay now, so it's fine. I can say that. And before I hate crime anyone any further, this has been another episode of <laughs> Mind the Gape. I'm Reese. And I'm Jeep. Toodles. Bye. Happy Valentine's.